Hello, welcome to JogPod, the Geographical Association's podcast. My name is John Lyon, and today I'm with Becky Kitchen, the GA CPD Curriculum and Marketing Manager, and we're talking about the Critical Thinking for Achievement project funded by the DFE. So, Becky, just tell me a little bit about the history and the background of the project. Okay, so um, this uh, project was funded by the DFE, and uh, it's it's basically looking at critical thinking and and from a geographical lens um, and a scientific lens as well. We're working with the ASE. Um, and what we're doing in the project is we're, we're training teachers and giving teachers um, materials that they can use in the classroom um, so that they can scaffold critical thinking with their students and giving them strategies for getting students or enabling students to think in different ways. So um, we've based it on a a sort of three-part model, um, getting students to really um, think about uh, and ask ask good questions, um, getting them to think about the evidence um, and the information that they're accessing, and then ultimately getting them to be better thinkers. Um, and so we ha- we've got a structure of, uh, of different activities that, that um, teachers engage in, in on the project. Um, and then they go back um, to their uh, students in their classrooms. And then they try out um, these, these uh, pedagogies with uh, the, their students. Um, and then they come back and they tell us all about what they've been doing and, and whether it's worked. Or, and sometimes not. But if it hasn't worked, or if it hasn't worked maybe in the way that they thought it might work... They've they've then sort of suggested ways and then played around with some of the ideas that we've we've kind of given them as a as a as a sort of starting point. So so that's kind of the project in a nutshell, and it's it's come about really through the GA's uh, history and and we've we've had a focus on critical thinking for the last sort of you know um, five to ten years, really thinking about what critical thinking means in the context of geography. So not generally not generic critical thinking skills but but ultimately what it is to be a geographical thinker and how can critical thinking and thinking critically um, kind of help that the idea of critical thinking and criticality is interesting you can be critical you can be a critical Mm. friend and you've talked there about thinking critically yeah so what does that really mean it's really difficult and it's really contested. And actually, one of the first things that we get um, teachers to do is to really explore what they understand by critical thinking. So we, we give them some definitions, um, all of which are slightly different, and then get them to sort of really have a discussion about which definition they like the most and which one resonates most with them. Um, and it's really interesting because actually, you know, one of the, those definitions is is something about, um, from Einstein about, about never stop questioning. And quite a few teachers like the simplicity of that. It's about always asking why and really knowing that there's always more to know. Um, you can never know everything. And, and particularly in geography, you know, I think it's with, with such a dynamic subject and such a, a broad subject, you can never ultimately, um, you know, there is always more to know. And it's about understanding that. Um, it's also and and also you know from a practical point of view it's when when students are saying to teachers you know what's the answer understanding that sometimes there isn't an answer or there's lots of answers there may be some answers that are better than others um, but but ultimately it's about um, moving the, the the teacher away from you know being that that sort of fount of all knowledge at the front of the classroom saying this is the answer to the question and developing that relationship with the students so that they can ask questions the teacher can ask questions of them and it's it's more sort of collaborative 
thinking in a way and a way of teaching. Does that move them into metacognition then as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, and and in fact, one of one of the activities that we ask students to do is to actually go through the process and to to, to actually unpick how they're making decisions. And one of the things that we said, we're not interested in the answer to that question, but what we're interested in is actually knowing how you've gone about trying to solve that problem so that they can be a bit more aware, a bit more cognizant of actually, okay, I've got a problem. How do I actually solve that rather than what's the answer? Um, so it's it's about breaking down, I think, um, the process of thinking, being a bit more aware, um, but also giving students a whole load of strategies in their toolkit so that, you know, if a hammer doesn't work or if a question grid doesn't work, then there may be another tool that they can use that um, that might help them to solve that problem. Okay, let, let me give you a real difficult question here then, okay. because I've just been reading some work by Daniel Willingham, mm-hmm. and according to him, decades of cognitive research suggests that critical thinking can't actually be taught. Mm. Yeah, okay, so um, I think... And I think something that we've sort of seen throughout the course of the project is that some students naturally are critical thinkers. Um, and, and, you know, why that is, I mean, we, we obviously don't know, but some students can do these things and think in these particular ways more easily than others. But I think, I mean, particularly if you, if you look at the new GCSE, um, you know, that, that's AO3, that's that, uh, can, can students basically apply their knowledge? They have to be able to use these structures. And, and I think part of it is providing the scaffolding and that structure so that students can begin to think in a critical way. And then slowly taking away those scaffolds and structures so that they can do it more innately. I think it's, it's about trying to embed those um, those ideas and ways of thinking with students. Now, obviously, if you're only doing these things sporadically or, um, you know, just kind of dipping your toe in, or, for example, you're trying to do it with year 11, two weeks before the exam, it's not going to be very effective because you need time and space and time for discussion. I think, you know, one of the things that's really important is, is you know, that, that understanding that, um, you know, valuing different points of view. I mean, one of the, one of the uh, activities is looking at different perspectives and understanding that there are different perspectives. And I think having that time and space to unpick those sorts of things is something that's tricky, but I think it, it pays huge dividends. So can critical thinking actually be taught? Um, I think it's a difficult one, but I think you can certainly give students tools and strategies to help them think in a critical way. Whether they come out the other end being innate critical thinkers, I'm not sure. But actually, they've got some tools at their disposal. I remember Di Swift, this is years ago, when she was working at the GA talking about critical thinking at a time when there was an AS level critical Mm. thinking. And she always said it's... It's in part a nonsense mm. because they've got to have something to think about. Yes. And if you're going to give them a problem solving situation and you were talking about there being several solutions, yeah. which might have different consequences, they were all possibly right, yeah. but they have different consequences. Unless they have the depth of knowledge to be able to unpick each of those consequences, then 
their thinking won't be critical. Yeah. It could be surface. I completely agree. And, um, I, you know, as a, as a sort of head of geography, I, I sat in on quite a few um, AS critical thinking lessons and just was ended up being very confused. Um, because I think, and, and something that I think this project has really shown, is that, you know, you can, you can think about things and you can use kind of the strategies, but actually unless you have some knowledge... You're right. For example, one of the uh, the the things that we do in the activities is um, asking uh, teachers and then their students to look at some data about witches, and um, asking asking the teachers to ask some questions. What what are good questions to ask about this data? And the the, the teachers are able to ask some pretty okay questions, and then they have a, a sheet um, that helps them to structure some more critical questions. But ultimately, if they don't know anything about witchcraft, they're missing it. They they could be missing a trick and and actually not asking the right questions. So that's and what we found is actually they they do it with the witchcraft, and then we give them some geographical data, and they ask much better questions because they're much they have a much greater understanding of what that data is telling them, and so they're able to ask a more sophisticated questions, but but also questions that um, just kind of get at the data in a slightly different way. And I think, you know, that's that's why um, this is critical thinking for achievement, but very much in the context of geography and science, um, because you have to have that 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 subject knowledge, that, that disciplinary knowledge in order to be able to uh, do it at its most effective. I think you can do it, but it is kind of quite procedural. That has implications then, doesn't it, for curriculum making? Mm. Because you've then got to be talking about what's the powerful knowledge? Mm. What do we want our students at the end of their journey with us at Y9 or at the end of the journey with us at Y11 or Y13? Yeah. What do we want them to know and what? how do we want them to use that? Exactly. Knowledge? And I think it ties in really well with the, um, the New Ofsted framework because ultimately that's the question that's being asked you know what what do you want your students you know what's what's your intent what do you what do you want your students to look like at the end of, of year nine and, and what knowledge do you want them to have and why um and I think if you're thinking about that and you're thinking about that powerful knowledge then it's these critical thinking strategies are really a vehicle for for students engaging with that powerful knowledge and 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 vice versa in his book, uh, What is Geography? Alistair Bonnet talks about the ambition of geography mm. being absurdly vast, mm. but it's more absurd to not tackle exactly. that issue. Yeah. So yeah. then we've got to be thinking about what is that knowledge that's appropriate. And so I think we've got to be looking at declarative knowledge mm. within our curriculum making. Mm. But then when we're talking about criticality of thought, setting up those conditions mm. that you've talked about so that we've got students who can think through a variety of of different elements. Perhaps I'm, I'm mindful now of Margaret Roberts, what makes a, a good geography lesson. Yes, yeah. And I think a lot of uh, Margaret's work, um, I mean, we, we've used quite a lot of that in in, in preparing the, the materials for the Critical Thinking for Achievement programme because so many of the things that she talks about are things that we actually think, yes, it's, you know, students need to um, sort of have that uh, ability to question and and there are different ways of sort of tackling problems and I think a lot of her work um, speaks to this project really really effectively. We've got a couple of examples in the training one of them is looking at the spaghetti harvest mm, yeah and that's 
been that's been interesting to look at some of the teachers' reactions to that. Some of them, one teacher in particular said to me, it was the most powerful thing that her teacher did to her. Really, was yeah. Put them through a situation where they they believed totally what they'd been taught. Yeah. And it was about trusting sources of information. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things is, you know, when you watch that clip of the sort of panorama um, spaghetti harvest, uh, they use technical vocabulary. Um, it's the BBC. And so automatically you think, right, well, this is very plausible. But I think it's 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 about I think it's it's it, it's possibly a little bit dangerous to sort of say you must question absolutely everything that you come across um, with with a, a, a sort of, you know, that because otherwise I think you drive yourself mad. Um, <laughs> but I do think having that it's it's much better to be asking those sorts of questions and to just kind of having that um sort of you know that 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 yeah that critical critical eye on what you're reading and 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 what you're um consuming um in your daily life as as much as anything else i think is really important professor david lambert always used to say make decisions geographers make decisions with confidence and certainty mm. and i thought that was a wonderful phrase it's a, it's a shame politicians can't <laughs> pick up on that more because that's what we do as geographers and there are one or two activities where we've given them where they've they've had to rethink yeah as they've gone along yeah and I think that's really important I think you know having that um, opportunity to you know maybe shape your view or, or change your view or to think more critically about what you think um, and your position I think is is a really important um, aspect of the of the, of the project it's taken Ofsted a long time to come round to this, I think. The Nuffield Review in 2009 asked what counts as an educated young person in mm. this day and age. An educated 19-year-old, yeah. actually, was what it said. And the top line was they didn't have anything, actually, about subject disciplines in there, yeah. which disappointed me because I'd just started at the GA <laughs> and I was wanting them to, to talk about the power of geography but they didn't have any subject disciplines they assumed powerful knowledge mm. what they said was students needed the ability for the intelligent management of life mm. and that brings us back to this understanding that sources of information can't necessarily be trusted yeah I take what you say though yeah. about uh, one of my groups of <laughs> teachers was saying we, we, we can't trust anything now we're challenging everything <laughs> And I think that's a good thing, but but uh, yeah, at the same time, I think um, sort of challenging everything. How do you think it's helped students, well, teachers really, to help students um, take more charge of their own learning? So I think um, it's quite easy, um, and I know because I've done it, it's quite easy to sort of stand there um, at the front of your classroom and, and to to try, you know, when, when students... Um, as they inevitably do say, well, what's the answer? Um, to give them one. Um, and I think that actually I learned as a teacher, and it took me quite a long time, but I learned actually the most powerful thing was to go, well, I'm not actually going to tell you. Um, but also, um, are you sure that there is an answer? Or are you sure which answer is the right one. Um, so I think it's it's giving teachers and empowering teachers with some strategies to be able to do that um, because actually they can set up some of these activities. It's quite difficult to sort of stand there boldly in front of the class and, and to kind of um, to, 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 to direct those questions. 
but actually within the, the structure of some activities, um, it's it can be more straightforward for a teacher to be able to do that because ultimately they're 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 sort of um, facilitating an activity with the students. But I think once students realise that they have some autonomy and they can, so for example, with a question grid, you know, actually, no question is too stupid or no question is too simple or no question is um, too difficult. Actually, what's important is they're asking questions. And then giving them the opportunity to reflect on those and to go, okay, so you've got loads and loads of questions that you've generated. Uh, which one do you think is the most interesting? Which one do you think is going to be the hardest to answer? Which one do you think is going to be the easiest to answer? That sort of reflection, um, I think it, it can really empower students, giving them that opportunity to go, okay, well, actually, I can, I, you know, first, first go, I can say anything or, and put anything down on a sheet of paper. But actually, it's about that reflection and redrafting and and I think with that comes confidence but also they they become very because actually what's what they're shaping is their own thoughts and their own questions their own opinions um so I think it becomes incredibly empowering I think lots of teachers have said that students are incredibly engaged by what they're doing um and that that obviously um helps as well because it's quite um quite I think active and quite uh, they, they get the opportunity to really have d- discussions about what they're thinking. It's been interesting as well to see how flat chat, which has cut out all discussion mm. except written discussion, yeah. has encouraged students who say less yes, to, to be say able more. to say more. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, as, as somebody who every parent's evening I went to, my teacher said, well, you know, she's doing very well, but it would be lovely if she talked more. And I just, I wasn't that student. And I think it, it's, it's a really nice way to actually make sure that everybody has a, an opportunity. So it's, it's quite, um, yeah, it's very inclusive in that respect as well. One of the things Ofsted will ask about, I suppose, is challenge mm. and the level of challenge. Mm. It's come out a number of times. So how has this raised the level of challenge? Okay, so I think one of the things that um, I've found really interesting is that these strategies um, can be used across the board. So um, we've been talking about the question generator I vividly remember having a conversation with a teacher about her project. And what she'd done is she'd gone into her classroom and she was using the question generators to generate questions. And then um, the students were uh, taking these questions apart and and basically saying which ones were the best questions. And those were the ones that they were going to investigate. And I was having a conversation with her and I was saying, this, you know, this sounds amazing. They were incredibly engaged. Um, but also, you know, this is going to be incredibly useful for their independent investigation. And she sort of looked at me and sort of said, pardon? And I said, they're independent investigation at A-level. It's going to be really useful for this, I think, because, you know, they can go to an environment. They can generate lots and lots and lots of questions, some of which will be useless for their independent investigation, some of which will be um, actually quite useful, but will need honing. Um, and this, this, you know, you've given them the tools and the strategies to be able to do this. And she said, at A-level? I said, yeah. She said, well, I teach year three. And I think that's the moment that I just thought, gosh, okay, okay. Um, you know, we, we've with flat chat, where actually it's discussion through writing, you'd think that's a very secondary strategy. But I think the, the joy of the project has been that teachers have sort of taken these things and then just twisted them and moulded them and changed them until they're effective with that, you know, so um, we've had year, year one teachers doing flat chat with their students um, where they've um, 
drawn pictures or used sort of TA support to really um, support some of those who find it harder to, to write, but but they've still done it. Um, and I think that's that's been incredible. Um, so I think in terms of challenge, you know, the sky's the limit, really. I think it's about giving teachers um, tools and about their then their their sort of can go out and and do um you know shape them mold them um i i did some uh, work with some um teachers uh, a couple of months ago and they'd been using um the question grid with some quite a lot of eal students so they had well, they had a mixed class but um it just so happened that the the eal students were in um in one particular group and they really struggled with the question generator so the next time what she did is she actually populated the question grid with some questions to get them started and then they filled in some others and they didn't fill in the whole grid but that was okay um and and so it was it was she was sort of saying that actually having that as a, a sort of structure that she could then change and and adapt for her students to increase the level of challenge or actually give them a bit more scaffolding um, I think it's really important that what we don't do is say, well, critical thinking is for the most able. Critical thinking is for everybody. It has to be for everybody because the problem is as soon as you start saying critical thinking is for the most able, then the gap between the most able and those who maybe are, are, are less good at critical thinking just grows, um, particularly with the, with the GCSEs where actually that AO3, that application of knowledge is is, is so important. Um, so it's really important that the message is critical thinking is for everyone. And actually, um, you know... And of all ages. Oh, completely, completely. I mean, you know, some of the some of the most inspiring projects have been from the, the EYFS and year one teachers who've just kind of run with a lot of the ideas and, and sort of, um, yeah, done some really creative things. I had one who was just talking about the value lines and mm. the value of that for her was for the for the pupils to be able to understand that they can have a different opinion to somebody else yeah. and still be friends. Yeah. And she was moving the boat. Yeah. Uh, um, they all moved to one end of the room because they all wanted to be with their friends. And she changed the level of the questions until they started moving. Yeah. And still stayed friends. Yeah. Which I thought was really nice. Yeah. The other thing that came up for me was um, a, one of the Y6 teachers was reporting back and saying, he was talking about the questioning, which you yeah. were just talking about, and saying how that, how, difficult the students found it at the beginning mm. but once they got worked their way through they were really quite sharp with yeah. working out what a better question was but then the y3 teacher piped up and said yeah but i did exactly the same stuff mine were exactly the same and now mine is so much better yeah. so where are they going to be when they get to you exactly and that yeah. interesting because the head teacher was also in and he said, well, this is giving me an awful lot to think about mm. because we're looking now at progression, mm. which things I concentrate on yeah, and what I push through yeah. uh, as, a, as a whole school policy yeah. now. I, I, I did some training with some, some teachers and they teach IB. So it was, um, <clears throat> they, they did, uh, the, the teacher had done exactly the same, they, uh, the witchcraft activity. So looking at the witchcraft data, they'd done that with every single class that they taught from year nine through to year 13. And the year nines absolutely lapped it up um, and, and really enjoyed it. The GCSE students absolutely hated it because they were sort of like, what's the point of doing this? Um, is it going to give us extra marks in our exam? Ditto the year 11s. 
the year the a the um, a level students also were quite uh, not very um, receptive, but the IB students were like we do this sort of thinking all the time, and we're you know absolutely um, or completely you know really good questions, and uh, he. For his, you know, he was sort of saying that for me, that's really interesting that you know students of the same age, but who've maybe come through slightly different qualification routes, are having you know, but actually it's that those GCSE and A level students who are being quite um, you know thinking it's not particularly useful and, and particularly they probably need it more um, and to use these strategies more. And then he did the uh, same sort of thing, but with different data with all the classes. And it was interesting how much they'd shifted in their perceptions. And the GCSE one was like, oh, okay, right, actually, we now see that this is really quite useful. I've listened to Danny Dowling saying much the same mm. about students at university mm. when he was talking to David Lambert when I was, I was in the office one time, that they were saying, Danny had said to them, I'd like you to read this. Well, are you going to test us on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which isn't which isn't it doesn't fit to the intelligent management of life yeah. it doesn't fit to critical thinking yeah. it doesn't fit to the principles of this although it is critical thinking for achievement so underpinning that it, we do expect achievement out yes. of this yeah. but we expect much bigger things than yeah. that from our students yeah definitely and i think you know just just focusing in on that achievement um bit a little bit i mean one of the things that uh, we ask teachers to do in their their projects is to go okay what's the impact you know, what is the point of doing this? Because ultimately, if you're doing it and it's not having an impact or a positive impact, why are you doing it? And with all these sorts of things, it's it's better for the teachers to discover that impact for themselves. Um, so, I mean, just as an example, um, a year 11 uh, teacher had, was, was really struggling with the, um, they were doing paper three, the fieldwork paper for the GCSE. And students were really struggling. They were kind of having that sheep mentality where there was, you know, a, it was evaluative questions about fieldwork and um, the students were going, oh, yeah, no, our fieldwork was great. It was really good. Um, were there any problems with it? No, 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 it was great. You know, it was raining, but, you know, apart from that. And and she was really struggling to get them to be really critical and evaluative and, and analytical about their fieldwork. So she actually did a silent debate with the statements um, focused on their fieldwork, which supported the students in going, you know, like you were just saying, it's okay to think that this is, you know, that, that this could be improved, that, that some things were not useful, that's, that's, that's okay. What we have to do is identify that and to be able to explain and to analyse why. And so she did it. And, and one of the things that she did beforehand was to um, give them a, a, a four-mark question um, about, and I think it was analysing their methodology. And then she did the silent debate with them and then they did the question again. And then... She, she looked at their answers and something like 91% of students had improved their answer um, quite dramatically because they'd had that opportunity to think critically about what it is that they were actually doing. Rather than just kind of going through the motions of doing field work, they'd actually had the opportunity to go, OK, well, this is a p- pedestrian count, but why did we do that? What was the point of that? Did it actually help? the validity of our conclusions and so having that discussion and and the whole thing took a lesson and she said you know um actually doing that i could have spent a lesson talking through with them but actually getting them to discover it for themselves was so much more useful and having those arguments themselves was so much more useful it's also worth saying because i'm acutely aware and i used to find it as well of teachers just struggling 
in terms of workload and fitting everything in and all those sorts of things. But what I think critical thinking does is it allows teaching and learning to be more efficient. So I think, and and one of the, some of the activities demonstrate this, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to teach all the content and then kind of bolt on these critical thinking activities. Actually, what you can do is do it in tandem. And so ultimately, the student's thinking becomes more efficient and therefore your teaching becomes more efficient. Um, so I think that's a really, really important message. It's not a bolt on. It's, it can be integrated and embedded. So it actually is, is more effective. I think it also helps with formative assessment in part. Mm. If you do something like flat, flat chat mm. and you cheat a little bit. So you've given the students the pens that you know that they've got, but they don't know that you know that they've got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they've written something which you want to challenge. Mm. You can challenge it while the flat chat's going on. You can talk to them. You've made an assessment then about where they're at. Yeah. You can see where the whole class is, but then that can either be a working wall or you can come back to it at the end of the project. Mm. And you've got two instant snapshots yeah. of assessment and progression. Yeah. And knowing kind of where you're, where you're, you know, the, the students in your classroom, you know, where they are, what they're thinking at those points in time is, is a really powerful tool, I think. And it challenges misconceptions yeah, as well. Completely. well. You will challenge the misconceptions yeah. that you see that yeah. they, they give you. How many students have gone through it now? Um, so I think we're on our one thousandth and thirtieth. You know, it's it's a it's a lot of, of a, that's teachers. So that's that's teachers, um, and a lot of those teachers have gone back to their schools um, and done done training with their their um, members of staff in their schools. So um, I, I couldn't put a number on the number of students who've been directly impacted by this training, but it's it's over a thousand teachers, which is which is fantastic. That's really impressive. And and as it embeds itself, uh, then the impact should should grow. Yeah, I think. I think so. I, I was just reading a, a paper by Daniel Willingham, and it it talks about one of the one of the projects was giving students um, activities to do because they were wanting to test the the uh, the value of critical thinking, mm. and they gave students a problem to solve. They were on a beach. There was a cave the hill they had a torch they wanted to go and investigate the cave how did they make sure that they got out of the cave there's the problem there's the problem okay and the students were given it 75 percent of the american students who were given that problem decided that they would grab some sand put it in a bag and do a sand trail so they could follow the sand trail out 25 percent of chinese students did that because it's not according to Willingham anyway it's it's not in their it's not in their story mm. it's not it's not something that they'll have learnt through Hansel and Gretel right. through listening to um, the Minotaur yeah it's just not in their folk culture okay what we're trying to do is, is embed those sorts of things so that they sit underneath yeah. what students are, are really thinking and goes a bit deeper than that yeah completely Completely. I think that there's nothing about this that's superficial. It's it's about kind of um, hardwiring, I think, um, just ways of thinking. But that obviously takes time and, and takes you know, commitment from teachers to, to, to have a go um, and, and to see how powerful it is for themselves and then go, OK, actually, yeah, we can we can we can do something with this. It's always difficult to evaluate, isn't it? Because you don't want a control group. If you think, no. oh, I've got something fantastic here exactly. that I need yeah. to teach, why would somebody else miss out on it? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think one of the, the great things about this is is that so many teachers have 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 engaged with the project and 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 tried out loads of different things in their in their particular um, with their particular classes within particular topics. Um, my job now is to to go through all those projects and to go, okay, what can we do with this? Because there's just this wealth of information there, um, and wealth of really interesting teacher ideas and projects that uh, we're lucky enough to have. I think it's one of the most interesting things I've been involved with, and I'm 108. Um, <laughs> if I asked you, what would be your, what would be the key? What would be the essence of this? The 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 main success. Oh. That's a really tricky one. I think, um, I mean, you can talk about it in terms of pure, you know, numbers. Um, so in terms of teachers and, and their satisfaction of, of what, you know, we've, we've got a 99.5% satisfaction rate or something like that. So teachers are obviously thinking, A, this is really good CPD, um, but also it's making a difference. I think it's the fact that it's not trainers going into the classroom telling teachers how to teach and then going out again that's not what this is about at all it's about having somebody who's got some tools who comes in and says do you want to try them out let's have a go let's go back into our classroom and then the teacher actually doing something with them and then coming back and having that discussion and sharing with teachers so it's it's long-term cpd the teacher's invested in it um, and it's 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 very much about having those professional discussions and giving that time and space for professional discussions, um, rather than somebody coming in and sort of saying this is how you do something. And I think it's been really engaging, without necessarily being all singing, all dancing mm. bells and whistles, with a sheet of flip chart paper yeah. and some pens. I think that's again one of the real strengths. You know, ultimately, the toolkit is is a flip chart paper, some pens, and post it notes. Teachers work incredibly hard, and what they don't need is somebody saying, "Oh, you need to, come, you know, come up with lots and lots of worksheets and resources and that sort of thing." And yet, yeah, there are some worksheets in it, but they're things that actually can be adapted very easily, um, or, you, or you can create your own very, very easily. Um, but yeah, it's it's about saying, "Okay, what have we got, and how can we make the best?" Um, and, and really encourage students to think in that way. Have you worked with teachers who are now thinking about? I don't know if they're far enough through the project, about removing some of the scaffolding, because that'll be the next step. Yeah, you that's want the next step. So, um, yeah, the next... Because obviously, you know, giving teachers all these tools and, and, and um, them, them using them, um, when students go into the exam, they're not going to have a question generator. They're going to have a blank sheet of paper, um, or ones with, you know, nice exam lines on them. Um, so it's... It's about getting students to the stage where you're sort of giving them all those tools, um, but then you're slowly taking them away. Um, so I think one of the, the, the beauties of the projects as well has been that you know some teachers have come to the project with quite a well-developed understanding of critical thinking. And so some of their projects have been, okay, well, I've, you know, we, we do this quite a lot in our school. We're a thinking school or, or whatever. Um, so either I'm going to try some things that I haven't tried before or actually what I'm going to try and do is, is to try and remove that scaffolding. Um, and that's been that's been really interesting. And it's, I think what's, you know, one of the, the really interesting discussions that I had was with a teacher who's got some very high achieving students. And he said, these students can do it naturally. So if I'm giving them a scaffold, actually, I'm taking them a step back. They can do this sort of thing without having that scaffolding. So we actually had a really useful discussion. Um, and it came down to, 
you've got to know the children in front of you. You've got to know that, you know, those students in front of you because some of them will be able to do it. And, and actually giving them a question generator is not going to be helpful because they can ask really good questions anyway. Um, but it's about adapting your practice and, and making sure that, you know, students can access these tools if they want to, but at the same time, um, not constraining them. And it isn't all about Ofsted, but of course Ofsted will ask that. Yeah. How yeah. well do you know your students? Yeah, exactly. Why have you put these sorts of exactly. things into place? Yeah. What sort of progression is is taking place and can you see mm. it and can you measure it? Which I don't think we did very well, say, 10 years ago. Mm. Um, why you put whatever you did where yeah. wasn't necessarily as well thought out as, as it needs to be now, I think. Yeah. So where do you see the project going next then? Okay, so the project um, officially comes to an end at the end of March. Um, and then I think, well, it's, it's something that I'm slowly turning my attention to I think as I said we've got a lot of uh, really interesting projects we need to do something with them quite what at the moment I'm not sure um, but certainly um, we need to you know get get that message out to teachers and get give, get some practical examples out to teachers um, so that they've got that sort of uh, bank of resources um, but also how can we develop the thinking? And one of the things that we, we've done um, as part of this is to develop what's called, we've called an enhanced course. Um, and it basically is for people who have got that, that background in critical thinking who want to do something a bit deeper and a bit broader. So, um, and we've, we've, we've developed some materials particularly based on um, data and field work and really sort of unpicking and going a little bit further um, into some of those those kind of pedagogies. Um, so I I think I probably can see um, that being utilised, that those materials being utilised a bit more, um, because I think there's a lot there that's that's really uh, really rich um, and has, has has great potential. And um, hopefully there'll be some um, resources that that come out of that as well. Hmm. It reminds me, there are projects we've done in the past that now start to resonate and fit in. So geography and literacy. Mm. And, and geographical terms that are, they mean conceptually different things as you develop further. So something is like an arete, pick something from physical yeah. geography that, that not students might not understand. But it, if you do that at, at Y9, it'll be entirely different from if you do it at Y13. Yeah. Just, the, just the word. Just the word, yeah. And there are so many geographical words. So what geographical terminology are we developing mm. with our students over time? Mm. What knowledge are we developing with our students over time? Yeah. All of those sorts of things. And then... We've done projects in the past. There was one on place, space and identity and self-esteem. And it was about students better understanding their own place. Which is critical thinking. Understanding that people see that place yeah. in a different way, potentially. Yeah. And that place can be seen differently over different times of the day, even. Yes, yeah. A place can be dangerous at, at a certain time and not at another time. Which brings us back to local fieldwork. And one of the comments I saw in Ofsted was about how do the school use the local area more effectively mm. and getting students to think in that way about how people use, perceive, experience yeah. Um, yeah. their local their area, place. Yeah. their place. Yeah. And, that, and all of that could be tied back into yeah, no, definitely. To this. To so it has, a, it has a, a great future. I hope so, yeah. Well, thanks, Becky Kitching, for joining me on JogPod today. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>